Hello, I'm Party Parslow, and this is episode 13 of Party in China. It's the story of my fascinating, frustrating, and very funny adventures teaching English in the Chinese provinces of Sichuan and Jiangsu. This is the truth, but it's not the whole truth, because just too much happened. And it's not nothing but the truth, because there are jokes and hearsay, conjecture and mistakes. And because most of the time, I had no idea what the hell was going on. I was still in Diang, still working illegally on a twice-extended tourist visa, and still waiting to hear the verdict on the third attempted extension. The scary PSB officer had told me it wouldn't be granted and she would be investigating me thoroughly. I remember not only the constant apprehension of being apprehended and sent to either prison or Australia, but also how cold it was getting, and not just because the hairdresser had shaved my beard off against my will. Being from Sydney, I didn't have any real winter clothes, and I still couldn't find any clothes at all that came anywhere close to fitting me, not even a pair of gloves. My size was a source of constant amusement to the students, particularly the younger ones who loved to measure their feet up against my giant Bisley boots. Sometimes in class I'd waste a good 20 minutes by just placing my outstretched hand up against the blackboard, tracing it in chalk, and then letting the kids come up and put their hands inside my outline. Never fail to elicit shrieks of delight. You can probably tell that I'd lost interest in trying to teach anything as I thought I'd be gone soon one way or the other. So I started each class by plugging my USB stick into the computer, dialing up the volume and playing the Hawaii Five-O theme. <laughs> While encouraging the pupils to do the twist, the running man or what I told them was the Batman dance because I'd only ever seen it on the old Adam West series. But I've just looked it up and find it's actually called the Batusi. The juniors had a good time, but most of the seniors were open-mouthed and mortified by my unco-gyrations. Dad dancing must not be a phenomenon there. They don't whistle much either. Now, that's not the strange non-sequitur it seems, because I discovered that they couldn't whistle with another classroom song. I called it Phenomenon, but again, have just looked it up and it's actually Mana Mana by Pierre Umiliari. Mana Mana. Better known if you're my age as By the Muppets, and if you're younger as By Cake. I'd write the word Phenomenon on the blackboard, talk about what it meant, and then select a child to stand up front and say, Phenomenon. Then the rest of the class and I would go, Do, 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 do. Phenomenon, do 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 do. Phenomenon, do 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 But if I whistled instead, the children would be fascinated, and the lesson would turn into a whistling for beginners class. I wasn't the only one aware of the change of seasons. Sunny sent a helpful email. Recently, the weather is changing very fast. So remember, add clothes and keep warm. Heath is the most important thing. Beside, when you are outside, you should be on the alert, especially drawing money on the ATM. You'd better not do it at night. So the Chinese are as honest as the day is long. But when it's cold and dark, watch out. Part of the worsening weather was the darkening sky. It was smoke haze, caused by the local farmers who burn off the leftover straw chaff because they believe it both fertilizes the earth and pleases the gods. 
But it didn't always work because one clear night, I saw the Chinese moon for the first time. It looked very like our moon, except it's set in the east. Of course it didn't. I'd had my bearings completely twisted around for months. I thought north was south and east was west. That's what happens when you never see the sun. Another unusual farming practice was covering the country roads with the harvested wheat stalks so they'd be run over by passing traffic. It's a free method of threshing. Obviously, the bigger vehicles like trucks and buses did the best job of separating the wheat from the chaff. I'd always look out the bus rear window to see the people with rakes suddenly appear and scoop up the scattered grain, making piles of seeds beside the tarmac. Unfortunately, the larger vehicles also caused larger winds as they passed, so the seeds got blown back all over the road. I imagine the whole process took quite some time. As mentioned, I wasn't really trying to teach my students anything anymore, but I did find it a tad depressing that in three months, I hadn't been able to teach them anything at all. Then one day in the playground, a girl yelled at a boy to shut up, and he yelled back, no, you'll shut up. And I cheered up when I realized that at least I'd taught them that. The first time I'd told the class to shut up, I'd had to explain what it meant, so I wrote it on the blackboard. When the regular teacher came in at the end of the class, She'd read it and asked me what it meant. Even Mr Wong didn't know the phrase. So if you're ever told to shut up by a Chinese person, say hello for me. My main regret at my premature departure was my failure to learn the language. In Europe, after a couple of weeks, I'd be chatting in simple phrases with the locals, in French, German or Greek. But after three months in Sichuan, I still couldn't make myself understood in shops or restaurants. I'd memorised a lot of words, but I couldn't seem to put them together in comprehensible sentences. So communicated by barking single nouns and verbs, pointing at things and performing charades. No matter how carefully I constructed a statement or question, they just wouldn't get it. So I then had to break it down word by word and have the Chinese person puzzle it through. That's if they were still there. I lost count of the number of times a pretty woman would smile and shuffle off after getting bored watching me mentally construct a sentence. Or just shuffle off but without a smile. It's because Mandarin is a tonal language and I'm a visual learner. When I choose words in my mind, I see them. I don't hear them. It makes me a good speller and a shite Chinese speaker. There are four tones which change everything. They make the same arrangement of letters have completely different meanings. The first tone is high and level. Like a toddler wailing. The second tone goes from low to high. Like an overactor saying, what? The third tone starts in the middle, goes to the bottom and then up. Like an exaggerated, uh-huh. The fourth tone starts high and goes low. Like in a movie when someone falls off a cliff. As always, my apologies to anyone who actually speaks Mandarin. Oh, there's also a neutral tone, but they don't count that because it's no tone at all. But that was how I said everything. In many ways, the language is simple. For instance, there are no definite or indefinite articles, no vs or as, and verbs don't have tenses. On the other hand, every sentence should be constructed in the order the subject first, then when it happened, where is third, Fourth is how or with whom. The fifth is the object. And finally, the verb. For instance, 
I, this evening, in my studio, alone, a podcast, am recording. Now, just putting that sentence in order in English took a while. In Chinese, it took me bloody ages. But as with the students yelling, shut up, a small incident once again made me feel better. Trevor took me out for a farewell piss-up and we were in a nightclub when Lady Gaga's poker face came on. My favourite Chinese word was mama hu-hu. Ma is horse, hu is tiger. So it literally means horse, horse, tiger, tiger. But is like our, eh, so-so. Come see, come sa. A beautiful young woman wanting to practice her English asked me if I liked Lady Gaga. After only a brief moment's thought, I replied, Gaga, mama, hoo-hoo. I didn't usually go on with the others to the nightclubs. When Juanita shut her bar, I'd wander home alone. But this was my big farewell, and I stayed out until three in the morning, my first late night in Diang. The main club was called Bar Barbie, and it's on the main drag opposite Wan Miao. I told myself I was too old and cranky to put up with the crowds and shouted conversations, but really it was that I could hardly have any conversations, shouted or otherwise, in Chinese. So I liked it when the Thai students were in the club. They were a dozen or so 17-year-olds on exchange from Thailand. And they were a fun bunch who quickly worked out how to avoid the school curfew and guards, and they ran riot late at night in Barbie and other discos. They were fairly discreet. I only found out when I told Trevor he was the second hungover person I'd seen that day. The first had been one of my students. And he admitted he'd been out on the tiles with the ties the night before drinking Baijiu. Baijiu is kind of uh, Chinese vodka, nowhere near as smooth. It's distilled from sorghum, mostly, and I refused to drink it. Mostly. So when the Thai students had escaped their dormitories, I'd have someone to talk to because their English was good. But on other nights, Trevor would be off hunting for his next girlfriend and I'd be left lonely in the crowd. Women would come and sit on my knee, but they'd hardly talk and leave as soon as their friend took the photograph. Made me feel like a shopping mall Santa Claus. But I wasn't alone on my last night and many people generously shouted me farewell drinks, mainly by Joe. So I was looking for the aspirants the next morning when the phone rang. Oh, Mr. Pelty! Oh, no. I was summoned to Mr Wong's office expecting to be met by cranky uniformed people with handcuffs but was surprised instead to see Nancy's from Sunny's who told me that my visa extension had come through as promised, just like that no fuss, no bother, no idea how but I was often told that to get things done in China you needed Guangxi which is like, it's not what you know, it's who you know on steroids Guangxi is fundamental in Chinese society. From your childhood, you start giving and accepting favours from family and friends. Everyone keeps tabs on who owes what to whom throughout school, university, career and marriage. It's even enshrined in the language. The phrase for you're welcome is mei guangxi, meaning not guangxi or you don't have to add this on your imaginary abacus of favours. So mei guangxi, dear listeners... You're welcome if you've enjoyed this episode of Party in China. Next time, we visit the weird and wonderful Walmart. And I'll tell you what I learned about sex in Sichuan. Huh, now that's a tease. I'd listen to that. You've been listening to Party in China. For more, like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast at Audioboom, Stitcher, iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com.